Good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and happy Monday to all of our Tucson and Southern Arizona listening audience. It's our Monday morning news hour, making the magic happen. Uh, as he always does, Monday through Friday here, Mr. Matt Neely, good morning to you. Happy Monday, sir. Happy Monday, and it's uh, Lost Sock Memorial Day, so uh, it's time to give up the search, Zach. If if you haven't found it by now, it's uh, time to move on. How's that for a Monday? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you and I don't talk much before, uh, before shows. I kind of do my prep. I pull you in awkwardly at times. But uh, where do you come up with this stuff? Is there, a, is there a website that says, hey, today is the day you should stop looking for lost socks? <laughs> you got to know these things. I tell you, it's one of the things. <laughs> one of the Matt, prerequisites. Uh, he's not going to tell you how. This is his professional secret. He's got, not going to tell you how he knows these things. But <laughs> Got to know obscure, meaningless, made-up holidays. <sighs> well, maybe Matt, you know the statistics around how many people you know put twelve socks in the in the washing machine and get eleven back Only out. 11 it has to be out. an overwhelming majority of the American people. It does happen. <laughs> I think they're often victims of stat. Not that I spent a lot of time thinking about this, but since you asked, I think they're often victims of <laughs> static cling and they hide somewhere else. <laughs> oh man. Oh well, um, this is if this is your day to now that let I've ruined go. Your show, yeah. Tucson in southern Arizona. Um, if you've lost that sock, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You need to move on. That's our Monday morning message to you. <laughs> oh, we've got some good things coming up today on the show. I'm excited. Let me back into it. We'll finish the show with Leah Marquez Peterson. She's the chair. Uh, of the Arizona Corporation Commission, uh, the only of the five chairs, by the way, who hail from Southern Arizona. So we like to have her on. We're going to talk broadly uh, about Arizona's clean energy shift. I got to see um, uh, a presentation on this uh, on behalf of the Arizona Corporation Commission recently, and I thought it'd be an interesting conversation to have on the air. Before we get there, I want to get to this really interesting story in the Daily Star. It came out, I think, Friday or Saturday. Uh, a bus driver union in Tucson is pushing back on free transit policy on SunTran. And this is interesting because I've given you I don't always give you my thoughts because sometimes it's not my job to do that. Other times I feel like it is. I've given you my thoughts on uh, the proposal to basically going forward next year, subsidize uh, the remaining uh, uh, cost of operation for SunTran that the city currently uh, or that it currently makes. Um, and for the city to subsidize the rest. I'll give you numbers on that. Uh, but this is an interesting twist of the story. And as always, I want to tell you what I think the story means. But before we get there, to kick us off, it is our Monday morning news hour. Uh, Matt, it is another beautiful day in the space city of the Southwest. That's, of course, us, Tucson, Arizona. And there was a piece of news, a little bit of trivia. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, do you know how many reservations Worldview um, the company that uh, started here and is based out of here in Tucson, um, they are have taken reservations to take people to the edge of space in 2024. Uh, have you seen the piece yet, Matt? I, you know I how did. Many reservations I saw the number. Hit? Yes, I did. 
It's a thousand. Yep. Uh, from 32 countries around the world, um, which is interesting. Uh, $50,000 a pop, of course, which um, it's out of my reach. Uh, Matt, if uh, uh, if you're planning to jump on there in 2024, let me know. I'd, I'd love to... Uh, Love to figure out how to join you, but fifty thousand dollars a pop, not quite in my in my budget, but pretty incredible. Spaceport Grand Canyon, Matt, is sold out for the first year. Commercial flights are slated for twenty twenty four. Now the reservation the reservation is five hundred dollars, is that correct? I believe it is. Yeah. You can put down I think I think five hundred dollars. Um, and then they're working with a nonprofit to basically bring that cost down to that fifty thousand dollar. Uh, amount, but a thousand people uh, is uh, is a good start, I would say. You bet. Yeah, that's uh, a. Go ahead. That's a. Uh, I, I don't want to be in the first group of those, Zach. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, this is interesting on many levels. I, I'll get in. Uh, let me share this. I think space tourism um, is a pay is a piece of the new space industry that we're all fighting for now. Um, and if we don't know that we're fighting for it, uh, it, it is now, let me tell you, a national and global competitive industry for Tucson. We've talked about that looking like four components, space um, exploration, uh, space tourism, space mining, and situational awareness. Uh, and Tucson, I, I continue to make this case, Tucson has a leg up if it wants it, if it wants to take advantage of it on this new space industry. And by new space, I'm not trying to be cute with words, right? We've known about what NASA is doing, um, and we've known about what some private companies are doing. Um, but there is a new industry that is growing a little bit more privatized, that is just less shooting stuff up into orbit or International Space Station where it's kind of hanging out, uh, to involving things like I said, mining, tourism, exploration, situational awareness. This is becoming uh, even more housed within the education sector and the private sector. Think Blue Origin, think Elon Musk's company, think uh, Worldview. So I'm not trying to be cute. There is a new space industry. Uh, it is a new major industry of the landscape in this country. And Tucson happens to have, through things like the U of A being a part of every space mission since NASA, of course, Raytheon, Honeywell, other companies in the aerospace and defense side, we actually also have a new space industry um, opportunity that I think surpasses most communities uh, if we want it. And I think the fact that a company based here in Tucson, even though its operations happen in other places of the state and world, but based here in Tucson, um, uh, it, that has seen success in the number of reservations so far for 2024, um, I think actually shows that there is a market and that we may be ahead of the game. Uh, the last piece of my number one is that many will say, and I just said it, I can't afford $50,000. But consider what it took to take uh, a capsule of some kind up into any part of stratospheric or, be, or, or above space, right? Not that long ago, you had to be a billionaire or be with NASA uh, to get that high. And now or a professional of another kind. Now it's down to 50000 And this is always how it goes. Think about the internet, right? The internet was something that, you know, was a national security tool. Uh, and then companies spent thousands of dollars 
to get computers um, in their space. And now the average person can buy a computer for starting at a few hundred dollars and get Wi-Fi for uh, you know a, a fraction of that in their home. This always starts with the few. And technology should, and I think the trend here shows that it is, democratizes, uh, for lack of better terms, down to the average person. Now, if you're 50, 60, 70, and you're listening to this show, uh, will it get uh, cheap enough in your lifetime to jump on a worldview um, you know, space capsule and go up to the stratosphere and, and see kind of where dark and light hits and the curvature of the Earth? Probably not. I may not even. This may not happen in my lifetime. But I think by the time my kids and your grandkids and my kids' kids start to populate the earth, uh, hopefully we all get to that point, (laughs) uh, I I think we're going to see the ability to head into space as a tourist. And and, and this isn't me just kind of sitting here kind of futurizing because it's fun and there's no one who's interrupted me yet by calling 520-790-2040. This is the pattern of technology. Uh, it starts expensive for the few and it democratizes to be cheaper and for the many, certainly when the private sector gets involved. So uh, $50,000 is probably the cheapest it's ever been. Uh, there's a partnership with a nonprofit. It's going to get even more uh, inexpensive. The other thing I wanted to mention to this is I was reading, it's like a 50-page piece on Austin's, Austin, Texas's uh, economic boom and what happened in economic history of Austin. In the late 80s, One of the most important pieces of Austin's economy growing, certainly when it came to federal government involvement, was SEMATEC, which uh, is an acronym that combines Semiconductor Manufacturing Technology Group. Austin, along with 134 other cities, competed to bring bring SEMATEC from wherever it was to Austin in the late 80s, and they won. And they won for five main reasons out of 134 companies. And by the way, this group is a collaboration of private companies at the time focused on, as it says, semiconductor uh, manufacturing. One was an incentive of $68 million. 74% of that was from the state and the University of Texas. The other, what is that, 26% was private dollar funding to remodel a manufacturing building. Political clout in Texas uh, would ensure a federal subsidy continuing uh, for this Symatech group in Texas for many years to come. Now, uh, eventually, you know, the federal subsidies phased out. Eventually, the companies changed. Um, but, but so often, public sector, yes, taxpayer dollars can soften the ground uh, in order for it, the private sector to see enough risk mitigated to jump in. And then smart public sectors get out of the driver's seat and hop in the passenger seat and let the private sector run with it. This is my challenge with those who either want the public sector to drive everything or the private sector to drive everything. In most creative, booming economies, and please show me one, not a dare, please show me one uh, that is different from what I'm about to say, I, that I have found generally starts with the public sector, either federal or state or local, softening the ground for the private sector and saying, we want to pick this winner. We want to pick this group because we have a cluster. We have uh, influence in this area, in this community, and we want to do our part to see it succeed. Whether it is Israel, whether it is the Research Triangle in North Carolina, whether it is Silicon Valley, it all started in the same way. And I think about where worldview is today. 
Uh, and I think about the fact that as a community, public, private, and academic sector in this town needs to get on the same page and pull in the same direction and incentivize and invest in appropriate ways to say we are the space city of the Southwest. And that will take private investment, that will take public investment, but it needs to be done. And, the, and Austin is the latest example that I read this weekend um, where the public sector often softens the earth to de-risk the market for the private sector to have enough gas in the tank to then take over. So all this is in my head, bit of a long segment, uh, but uh, we left studio and in between then and now, uh, the news was released, Worldview, it's a thousand reservations for edge of space flights, $50,000 a pop beginning in 2024 from people in 32 countries around the world. A bus driver union pushes back in Tucson on the free transit policy being discussed. That, on the other side of our first break, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Genser. Trusted local news and talk all day, every day. 1030 The Voice. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Zach Yenzer here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for The Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. We're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning, live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're back here listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on this apparently lost sock Memorial Day. If you are holding on to the grief of losing a sock in the washing or dry machine, Matt Neely is here to tell you it's time to move on. That's your public service announcement this morning. Thank you, Matt, for making us all aware that today is the day. It's okay to let go. I'm also hearing that it's another tag off the mattress day, but that's that's much less uh, much less important than I think uh, the grief over lost socks. Oh. Speaking of paying attention to important moments, uh, hope everybody had a great Mother's Day weekend. Uh, I don't think we got to say this on Friday, so we'll say it today we are celebrating all of the mothers listening and those who are um, uh, celebrating mothers. Uh, we are so appreciative of the role that they play in our lives. We had a good weekend in our family celebrating uh, the moms in our lives, so hope that was true for you as well. This is our Monday morning news hour, and uh, before we go visit uh, the chairwoman of the Arizona Corporation Commission, Leah Marquez-Peterson, in just a few minutes, uh, we are talking about news items that we think are important that happened over the weekend. The first was, of course, Worldview hitting a 1,000 reservations for edge of space flights beginning in 2024. Uh, but real quick, I want to touch on this story, and it may deserve a second look. Uh, but a bus driver union, the Tucson's Teamster Union, uh, released a letter on May 1st asking for an end to the free transit policy on SunTram that has been happening. So SunTran, SunVan, SunLink, public transportation in the city of Tucson. Um, the Te- Teamsters Union is saying stop offering rides on our buses and vehicles for free to everyone. This is coming on the heels of Tucson City Council considering a permanent move to free transit going forward. I think the end of June um, or or the first part of June, it's about a month away, uh, is the end of another period where because of COVID, 
the Tucson City Council kept um, uh, public transportation free. Uh, and the Teamsters Union is saying this because of an increase, a sharp increase, in the assaults on drivers and riders that have tripled between 2019 and 2021. The number of vandalism units they report increased to nearly 150, nearly double what it was before affairs were paused. And the concern is basically that, look, we're seeing assaults go up, we're seeing vandalism go up, we are seeing, um, you know, especially of concern heading towards the summer, uh, that cooler vehicles are being used um, as places of respite for those experiencing homelessness in our community. Um, and the, the Tucson's Teamster Union is saying, guys, we're seeing a decrease in discretionary riders. Riders um, who want to use this to get around, they're not using it because of all this stuff happening. This is a piece in the Daily Star. This is shocking. A union representative goes to a transit meet and says, I literally, quote, saw a guy pull down his pants and poop on the bench that our passengers are supposed to be sitting on. And then there's this expectation that discretionary riders are going to use this. Now, I've said, look, the city basically only makes 9 to $12 million dollars off of this. The other 80 to 85% of the cost is subsidized by the city. Fair payers only pay, let me be clear, 9 to $12 million a year. So really the question on the table is the city's already subsidizing the 80 to 85% of the cost as is. Should we just go ahead and subsidize the other 9 to $12 million, subsidize the rest, make it free transportation? My thinking as I've researched this, uh, is look, if we can see SunTran and SunVan and SunLink as a vehicle for discretionary riders to make use of for sales tax generating activities, then maybe we look at the ROI differently, right? Maybe we stop looking at just, well, does the fare pay for itself? Because we're already, it's not even close. Do we say, look, if we can get more people to use this and they're buying goods and services and they're going shopping and they're on it to get to things. There's enough density of housing and retail that it makes sense. I know we're a bit far off from that, but maybe we need to look differently at the ROI. This story puts a hole in that because what discretionary rider, and the numbers are down, want to use a vehicle where assault, defecation, and vandalism is happening? And guess what? The bus drivers don't want to either. The number's down from where it was before. I've got 30 seconds, but my point to this is if you don't have safety of the public, an agreement of the public space, and the security of the public space, you have nothing. This social contract we all buy into in community can require enforcement and accountability at times and in places. You can't have the big picture public transit as a community good conversation when there is rampant vandalism, assault, defecation, and use by those unhoused. You don't have discretionary riders paying into the system, the social contract, when there is not uh, a social contract and an agreement of the public space happening. And this is just going to continue. So interesting story here. Leah Marquez-Peterson's on the other side, chairwoman of the Arizona Corporation Commission. We'll be right back. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com why i love where i live it's a brand and movement that began here in tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live located in the open air mercado san agustin annex just west of downtown it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food drink and other shopping options close by find gifts toys books and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Uh, beside it being Lost Sock Memorial Day, thank you, Matt Neely, for making us aware that this is your day to overcome uh, any of that uh, emotional baggage around losing socks in the washer, dryer machine, or elsewise, uh, or otherwise. Uh, it's our Monday morning news hour where we talk about some of the uh, important stories and issues that came in since we left studio. I want to remind you it's a beautiful day in the space city of the Southwest. Not only was a high level NASA representative in Tucson on Friday, uh, that called the University of Arizona a crown jewel of uh, public universities working with NASA. Uh, but Worldview hit a thousand reservations for its edge of space flights beginning in 2024. We talked about that. Also, uh, the Tucson's Teamster Union pushes back on uh, free transit policy being proposed on public transit options in the city of Tucson. We talked about that story here in just a minute. We'll head to our conversation with Leah Marquez-Peterson, the chairwoman of the Arizona Corporation Commission uh, and the only one that hails who hails from Southern Arizona. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger opening uh, downtown they did last fall. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. I went last Friday and my uh, my colleague got that 15% off 
and uh, we didn't even have to ask for it, which is pretty cool. So the team there knows the deal. You get to support some great local businesses run by some great local men and women uh, and some great food as well. Let's turn now to our conversation. Leah Marquez-Peterson, welcome aboard. Uh, calling 520-790-2040. Happy Monday. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Zach. Good, good to be here with you. Absolutely. So I'm, a, I'm actually looking forward to a little bit maybe of a 30,000-foot conversation. Uh, the commission is uh, on its way to trying to encourage as I understand, some shifts to clean energy resources here in our state. Uh, give us the, the 60 second uh, version of what the CorpCom does and then uh, tell us what is the current mix um, of uh, our energy in Arizona. Right, well thanks Zach for that opportunity. Um, so our Arizona Corporation Commission, we're an elected body, five members, we're actually written into the Constitution, which provides different, um, I guess, powers within the Commission. We regulate the utilities industry, so that's electricity and water and gas and wastewater. We also, because I know you have a lot of small business owners that are listening, we incorporate every business in the state who came through our website. We also manage the securities industry in uh, the state of Arizona. So a lot of different items on our agenda. And I think you asked about the energy mix, if I recall. It was. I just wanted to say, in honor of you coming on the show today, I actually filed my annual report uh, with the uh, Corporation Commission for my uh, for one of the organizations I'm a part of this morning. So that was meant Very to be, good. clearly. Um, I had to do it. I didn't do it for you. I, I'll tell you the truth. But uh, it worked out that way. <laughs> I know. We do require it. But if I brought, you, brought it top of mind for you, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, the energy mix in Arizona, that is where we want to go. Yeah, I mean, this is an important conversation to have. There are actually some articles in our Arizona Daily Star this weekend, too, we can touch on. But we uh, have in Arizona a great asset. It's the Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant up in the Phoenix area. That provides a little over 30% of our energy in the state. Uh, We get about 28% from natural gas, about 30% from coal today with the remaining 11 12% in renewable energy, which is solar and wind. I've been on the commission now about three years, and even prior to me being there, there's been a long-time debate over what our energy mix should be and the transition to clean energy. Clean is uh, nuclear energy and the renewable energy and other new innovations that are coming along. So we've been really embroiled in debate and conversation, not just in Arizona, but across the country, as to how what makes the most sense, what's reasonable for the timing and the cost to ratepayers for a clean energy transition, and what should we look like in the future? So that's really been the gist of so many of our debates and conversations are happening at the commission. Yeah, Leah, I, there's, there's what? There's, is there now three Republicans, two Democrats? Is that the makeup? Yeah, correct. And we have two open seats for election uh, this next cycle. Uh, one is an incumbent running for election and one is an open seat. So there are a lot, a lot of different folks running for those seats. Gotcha. So as a bipartisan body, you know, I feel like uh, the federal level of this conversation, this energy mix gets so politicized. Um, but there seems to be an overall interest that I can tell by the commission as a whole 
to move towards clean energy resources. Now, I think the Democrats, um, uh, Chairwoman, uh, uh, would want more of a mandate and maybe sooner. It seems like uh, certainly your point of view as a, one of those Republicans um, is let's encourage it but maybe we don't mandate it so that we can track how this benefits the, the, the taxpayer, the ratepayer. But by and large, the five of y'all seem pretty aligned that we should be investing in solar energy, that nuclear energy should be on the table, that renewable energy should be on the table. Is that true? That's how it seems to me down here in southern Arizona. Yeah. It seems like there's general alignment. Yeah, I think you, you summarized it well. Um, you know, in policymaking, there's a lot of details, a lot of technical pieces to the work we do. But I, I think overall, we're generally supportive of the clean energy transition. The biggest debate occurred while well, we talked about our energy rules last year, whether we mandate or it's voluntary commitments, um, what's affordable for ratepayers? Because ultimately, any decision for any mandate we make would come down to ratepayers and we're coming out of this uh, the COVID pandemic and, you know, people are still struggling and, you know, we're very concerned with how it will impact low-income families throughout the state. So I think uh, ultimately our final decision was more cautionary that, yeah, we support a clean energy commitment and the utilities have done a great job at committing to an APS, which is in Phoenix, 100% clean energy by 2050. TP has made commitments towards 70% renewable energy. So we see great voluntary commitments. If we were to mandate it, that's going to probably be something that would be sooner than I'd be comfortable with, and it will certainly in- increase bills. And, you know, we, we did a lot of public comment sessions trying to hear from folks as to what they find affordable, and ultimately I felt most comfortable sticking with voluntary commitments but encouraging them through the long-term planning processes that we oversee. So what is that goal now um, set by the Corporation Commission? So we don't have a, a mandated goal. We have aspirational right. goals that the utilities have set. So it depends by utility at this point. Okay. Um, APS is 100% clean energy by 2050, and right. TEP is 70% renewable energy. I think that was by 2040 uh, off the top of my head because I don't have them right here in front of me. But what we do then is we have integrated resource planning processes or like long-term planning process that the utilities come before us every couple years, every three years, and plan for the next 15 years out. So they're telling us what kind of energy they're going to procure or plan to build, where they see demand, incredible growth happening in Maricopa County right now. I, I listen to your show regularly, so I know you've been talking a lot about that um, and growth within southern Arizona also. But they've got a plan for that in the future. So they're doing a 15-year outlook uh, through these uh, IRPs, they're called, or long-term planning process, and coming before us to continuously update us. What you saw in the paper this weekend, what I see a lot of conversation happening around the Western region is really around resource adequacy, meaning do we have enough energy supply to ensure we won't look like California with rolling blackouts or Texas who had that horrible weather event? How do we assure that we're prepared, that our utilities um, have enough of the resources that they need to make sure we can turn on that air conditioning at night and throughout the day as we need it? Um, and so that's something we're really focused on now, and that's a, a lot of the conversations and conferences and things that I'm participating in. Mm. Last question before we go to our first break. I know we have you for two segments. We're with Leah Marquez-Peterson, uh, chairwoman of the Arizona Corporation Commission, and the only one of the five um, who call Southern Arizona home. What is the private sector's interest 
and saying to the five of you, we want to hit this by this. Are these values conversation or is there actually data that says, look, if we shift to nuclear, solar, wind, whatever the case may be, and, you know, and, and decrease our use of natural and coal by this period of time, uh, are these corporate social responsibility, you know, uh, ideals, Leah, or do these companies say we can both make more money and save the taxpayer dollars if we diversify our energy mix? That sounds and like that, a that a sounds like a leading that, yeah. question, but but that's a real question, Leah. I'm curious. Yeah, it is. So it depends on the segment, but from some of the larger companies that are coming to Arizona, a lot of the the bigger industrial players here in the state, they're absolutely committing to 100% clean energy or moving that direction. So as they're coming to the state, they're talking to whether it's the Arizona Commerce Authority or to uh, our utilities about what they can do to assure that they can have and, and procure clean energy from them. So what we do at the commission is we set um, green, uh, I, we call them green tariffs or like clean energy rates for them that they can utilize. We also um, assist them with transmission, which are the lines, the electric lines you'll see that will connect utility substation to a large facility. But you're seeing a great commitment from the larger companies. I often, and I, I say this as I'm out talking to Chambers and Rotary, we don't often hear from the small business community. And as you know, Zach, that's, that's my background. So I'm often reaching out to Chambers and different groups that I know throughout the state to say, we're coming to your community with a, with a hot issue. We need you to weigh in. Um, I think for a lot of the smaller businesses, like the families, it really comes down to affordability. Yes, they support a clean energy transition, but at what cost and how soon? Uh, and that's really the, the ultimate balance that we're playing at the commission. And I and I would I would say Leah that that's been the um, that's been the main point of your advocacy is um, that we do this in a way that maintains accessibility and affordability uh, above you know um, a, a certain goal is is that true? Yeah, no, I have absolutely been focused on affordability and, and even more transparency on what we do. I get it. I know that a lot of people don't know what the Arizona Corporation Commission does. We play a very important role, and it impacts families and businesses throughout the state. Um, but for me, as this can't be a political ideology that, that people or commissioners commit to. It's got to make sense for our ratepayers, for our families. And ultimately, for me, that's affordability. And then, of course, sustainability. We've got to make sure when you flip that switch, the light comes on and that it's at an affordable rate. And I think that's truly the the basic role of our commission. We're with Leah Marquez-Peterson. Let's go to our last break of the hour. When we come back, one more segment. And I want to talk about what uh, what uh, a, a future mix of energy would look like. Is it more nuclear? Is it more solar? Is it more wind? Uh, let's talk about the future when we come back here for our final Monday morning news hour segment on Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We'll be right back in just a minute. Source for trusted local news and talk. 1030, The Voice. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. We have exciting news to share here at Impact of Southern Arizona. We have expanded our food bank into a grocery shopping style experience where over 500 families a month come in for food, clothing, and support. Now, Impact needs you. Can you or your business put on a food drive for food and hygiene items that others would normally go without? Learn more and contact us at www.impactsoaz.org. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. This is Bill Buckmaster, the Better Business Bureau Consumer Monthly Alert on 1030, Tucson's Voice for News Talk. (music) 
And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. And uh, before we get back in, Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community. You'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. Also, rumor no more, ice cream is on its way at Decibel in 2022. You can go to their website, Decibel, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, Coffee Works, one word, dot com, or, and probably more importantly, visit their location at 267 South Avenida del Convento on the west side, just off the I-10 between Cushing and Congress. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with me here on the show for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. The Yenser Rogers rate is growing. Take advantage of it. Leo Marquez Peterson is our guest here on the show for one more segment talking about uh, Arizona's expansion of its energy mix to include uh, clean energy options. A large percentage, of course, of our energy mix right now is natural gas and coal. Leah, I'm curious, what um, uh, what, what does a more expanded uh, list look like of energy options? In other words, is it more nuclear? Is it more solar? Is it more wind? Give me a, a picture of what the future could look like in terms of some of our current assets and just expanding them. Yeah, thanks, Zach. And I wanted to confirm, too, during the break, I confirmed that Tucson Electric Power is committed to 70% of its power from renewable sources by 2035. Wow. So quite a commitment by TEP. And kind of what's the energy future? Um, So many interesting technologies and innovations coming about. You're absolutely going to see solar and wind. We see a lot of projects on the horizon that are growing not only in Arizona, but surrounding Arizona. Um, Nuclear, you've got states that are um, tackling some of the modular nuclear, some of the very smaller nuclear um, additions that they can do. Um, And I think you may see that in the future. A lot of talk about hydrogen. In fact, every conference I attend and and every webinar is on hydrogen. Um, I know in the Phoenix area, APS received a $20 million Department of Energy grant to study this. We've got Nikola up in the Coolidge area that is the hydroelectric large trucks you see on the freeway. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, research and, and um, conversation happening around hydrogen. Um, I think we're going to see natural gas as a transition to this clean energy, and you're going to see the closure of the coal plants. Um, TP is committed to be out of coal by, I think, 2032 and APS by 2031. And we're in the middle of talking through that. What does a coal transition mean? What what happens to those communities that are impacted by the closure of, in many cases, their largest industry? And, in fact, we're doing a lot of public comment sessions around the state in that regard right now. What are you starting to hear in those sessions? We've had a, a couple so far, up far up north, Joseph City and so on. And um, a lot of people work in the plants, and they're talking about how important the plant is to their economy um, you know, I'll be hosting a, a another, let's see, I think four more public comment sessions up in northern Arizona and Holbrook and Snowflake and Springerville and other places like that the last week of May. And expect I'll hear much of the same. Some people concerned that it's clothing, closing, others supporting a clean energy transition, but, but are worried about kind of these unintended consequences of the economic impact on their region. Um, and, you know, as a, I think of myself as an economic development person. That's my background with the Hispanic Chamber. So certainly I want to have conversations with the Arizona Commerce Authority, with Chambers of Commerce and others, and make sure they're aware, fully aware of the transition occurring, 
so that these communities are top of mind as companies are looking to our state. So a lot of conversations happening in, you know, 2031, 2032, not too far away. Nuclear energy is something that we actually use a lot more in this state than I initially realized, but it's also a controversial, um, I think you put it under the clean energy label. It's kind of one of the more controversial energy elements. Are you in favor of uh, expanding our nuclear um, uh, energy component in the state? or t- Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I am if we could. It, it's uh, very regulated, so it takes a lot to expand nuclear. There, there are new innovations coming up. I mentioned these smaller modular nuclear units, and um, Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant up in the Phoenix area in the West Valley is actually one of the largest in the country, and it uses reclaimed water. So it's a great asset for our state. And again, I mentioned it's like 32 33% of the energy mix we have. So, I mean, it's one of our greatest assets we have in the state now. But you're right, there's controversy around nuclear waste and a lot of history to that. Um, I think you see, again, more innovation and conversation happening about how we could um, fully utilize nuclear and could it grow in the state of Arizona? Is there the political will to do that? Nothing coming any time short term that I've heard, uh, but certainly lots of conversation around modular nuclear. Very interesting. Uh, Leah, I made it a point not to say nuclear on the show, and I really thought hard every time I said the word. Um, yeah, not nuclear, but nuclear, yes. Nuclear it is. Now you're going to get me uh, mixed up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now the rest of the week, you're going to be very self-conscious when you say the word nuclear. Um, yeah. Two minutes, Leah. Anything that we haven't covered worth mentioning? Uh, again, the Arizona Corporation Commission uh, manages and has its fingers in a lot of things in this state. We've talked a lot about uh, the energy mix in the state today and the future of that. Anything else in the last minute and a half, minute and a half or so that we have that you want to speak to? Yeah, I, I just really, really want to assure your listeners that you know, as the Corporation Commission and our staff, we are on top of ensuring that our utilities are prepared for this summer, the incredible heat we're going to see in just a couple months, that they have adequate resources. And then looking to the future, um, the article in the paper this weekend talked about uncertainty in the future. And certainly, I mean, there's uncertainty in the future in terms of resources because we're surrounded by California and Texas who've had issues. Uh, but we're really keeping on top of this and holding summer preparedness meetings, energy reliability meetings, and constantly in touch with our largest electric utilities and our water utilities. So. Um, certainly, if anyone has questions, they can reach me and any of the commissioners at azcc.gov. Uh, they can also dial into our meetings to watch or to receive the, the minutes so that they know exactly what occurred. And, you know, I, I think it'd be great if, if more folks uh, paid attention and weighed in and, and spoke up, and certainly when we're dealing with the utility in their community. For sure. Leah Marquez-Peterson has been our guest. That's who you've been hearing the last few minutes if you just joined us. Uh, currently still the chair, right, Leah? You're still the chair of the ACC? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, which I think is uh, even more cool considering you're the only Southern Arizonan still uh, representing. Uh, you represent everybody, as is all the commissioners, but you're the one that calls Southern Arizona home. So we like to have you on the show on a regular basis to update us on what's happening across the state. And uh, thanks for starting your Monday with us. I appreciate it, Leah. Yeah, thanks again, Zach. Appreciate giving you the update. Absolutely. Sounds good. We'll do it again soon. Tucson, that does it for our Monday morning news hour today. You've been listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Hugh Hewitt's up next. 
Bill Buckmaster after that. Uh, speaking of small businesses, we're going to spend some time with the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce tomorrow, Tuesday, on the show. Lots of great conversations coming up here on the program this week. It's Economic Development Week. We're going to talk with the Director of Economic Initiatives at the City of Tucson to close the week. We're going to talk some more Space City of the Southwest. It's a good week. Keep us here on your dial, 9, 9 a.m. every morning, Monday to Friday, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Tucson, stay safe and cool out there. We'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday. Thanks for listening.